it's been my habit over the years when I'm given opportunities to speak here or there to try to <clears throat> bless those that I'm with by giving them a complete outline of the Bible. I'm not sure whether or not I've ever done this for the Jesus Changes Everything podcast, but if you've heard me more than a few times, you've probably heard this. I try to have a little fun with it. I tell people, yeah, I'm going to give you an outline of the entire Bible that you can memorize and you'll be able to impress your friends with it. And I tell them to get out their pen and paper. I say, okay, now write down Roman numeral one. And beside that, put Genesis one and two creation. Underneath that, put Genesis three fall. And then in Roman numeral 3, and put there Genesis 4 through Revelation 22, trying to get back to Genesis 1 and 2, only better. I go on to explain that this is not just an outline of the Bible, but is in fact an outline of all of history. And what I hope you'll notice is that it's also, or that in this outline of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3 turns out to be the very hinge of history. As we're working our way through the book of Genesis, it's important that we grasp this, that this is the place where everything changes. But it's also a place where some things stay the same. As you recall, as we've talked about Genesis 1 and 2, we've talked about uh, the blessings and the glory and the beauty and, and God speaking and reality happening and, and creation coming to pass by the power of his word. We've talked about the one thing that God said was not good, even though he came and assessed his work and said that it was good, it was good, it was good. The one thing that was not good was that the man should be alone. But we talked as well about how hard it is to come to these stories in a fresh way. Now, when I say stories, please don't misunderstand. This is what actually happened. There was a man named Adam and a woman named Eve. And they lived in a garden that God had created for them. And God walked with them in the cool of the evening. It's all true. It's all history. But it's very difficult for us to sort of enter into the glory of those first two chapters because we know what's coming in chapter 3. Chapter 3 begins, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the beasts of the field. Well, that's a pretty sour note after we've just read that Adam and Eve were together naked and unashamed. But now the serpent was more crafty than any of the beasts of the field. And you know what happens. He approaches Eve. There are uh, disputes about this matter and like many disputes, uh, I want to concede, A, that uh, there's probably not a way to have a definitive correct answer on the question. And B, nevertheless, I take the position uh, in this one that Adam was there. Adam was with Eve and that he was silent when he shouldn't have been, that he followed her rather than protecting her. Well, the serpent begins the conversation with Eve. Did God say that you can't eat of any of the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? 
Is God starving you to death? Is that what's going on here? Because, you know, I know God and I wouldn't put it past him. And Eve replies, no, that's not what God said. God said we can eat of any of the fruit of any of the trees in the garden except for this one. That one we're not to eat, nor shall we touch it. Now, in my judgment, that's sort of the beginning of the end. At this point, you know how this battle's going to uh, come to its fruition. Because Eve did something not so healthy. She added to God's word. God had indeed said, You can eat of the fruit of any of the tree in the garden except for this one. This you shall not eat. The day you eat of it, you shall die. He didn't say anything about not touching it. Now again, you can make an argument it would be wise to not touch it. You can make the argument what reason would there be to touch it. But God didn't say don't touch it. So Eve has already messed up the law of God by adding to it. And of course, Adam is right there with her. Well, the conversation continues. And what the devil does, and this is so important for us to understand, not just in terms of understanding the chapter, not just in terms of understanding Genesis, not just in terms of understanding the whole of the Bible, but in understanding all of our lives. We have to understand that what the devil did was he put doubt in Eve's mind about God's good intentions toward her and Adam. You are not going to die, he says. He first, uh, you know, fuzzies things up and then he confronts the proclamation of God with his own proclamation. God said you're going to die. Eve's, God says we're going to die, Eve says, and, and the serpent says you will not surely die. And then gives his explanation for why God would say that when it wasn't true. But it was true. God warned them out of love for them. And the serpent seduced out of a hatred for them and the God who made them. Well, you know what happens? Eve eats and she gives the fruit to Adam and Adam eats and all of a sudden they realize they're naked. End of chapter two, naked and unashamed. Now they're naked and ashamed. And they make coverings for themselves out of the fig leaves. And they hear God coming. And as you recall in the account, when they hear God coming, having been through this shame, having been tricked by the serpent, they now run to God with the hope that he'll deliver them. They race to his side and, 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 and hide under his wing and they point at the devil and they say, Father, do something. Yeah, that's not what happened, is it? The same God who made them, the same God who loved them, the same God who provided paradise for them, the same God who they had the great, unimaginable, unspeakable joy of walking with in the cool of the evening, comes into the garden and they hide from him. Oh my stars, that's where our hearts are supposed to break. We're not supposed to just slough over this and say, well, yeah, I, I knew this. Yes, we're living in a post-fallen world. 
Like you're supposed to enter into the horror of the fall. So God begins his investigation. Where are you? Adam says, I hid because I'm naked. God says, who told you you were naked? Did you eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And Adam, who was made to protect Eve, says it was the woman. I want you to see how sin multiplies. Adam did not protect his wife. Adam followed his wife. Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the next thing we have happening, they're hiding from God. And now Adam is blaming Eve. But friends, it gets worse. God says to Adam, did you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And Adam says, I did, but it was the woman that you gave me. Not content with blaming Eve for his sin, Adam has the audacity to blame God. It's as if he's saying to the God who made him, you know, God, I remember those days when it was just me and I'd started in on this project of naming the animals and you would come and walk with me. And, oh, that was just a glorious, glorious time. And, you know, I did notice that there were male and female of all these animals I was naming, but I didn't say anything because I'm in paradise. I'm perfectly content. I'm filled with joy. And then I, I take a little nap. And what did you do? You made the woman. You gave me the woman. And now look what's happened. Adam blames God himself. Eve seeks to turn the attention. When God says, okay, Eve, what about it? Eve says, well, it was the serpent. He deceived me. And then just as he has done in each of the days of creation, God gives his assessment. He pronounces his judgment. First, he says to the serpent, cursed are you. You shall go on your belly all your days. And you shall eat dust. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. And you will bruise his heel and he will crush your head. Friends, I, I want to stop right there for just a moment. I want you to understand what God's saying here. The reason I took that false turn suggesting that Adam and Eve are running to God and seeking his help is to help you realize that what sin did is it made them in their own hearts, in their own minds, the enemies of God. They hated him. They fled from him. But God's promise begins that he will put enmity in our heart against the serpent. This establishment of the, of the two sides, the battle between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, which is the context of all of history and all of our lives, part of the glory of it, friends, so what God's saying to the serpent is, oh, it's true, you've got uh, Adam and Eve and, of course, all their posterity on your side. Uh, but I'll be able to find soldiers for my army because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to draft my soldiers out of your army. I'm going to change their hearts so that they come to me. 
And then there is is, uh, that promise that, that the serpent would bruise the heel of the seed of the woman, but that his head would be crushed. I want you to remember that. As you go through your Bible, one of the things you're going to notice, that you ought to notice, is uh, recognizing that we're all sinners, uh, that the heroes, the good guys in the story, tend to have hurt feet. And the bad guys in the stories get their heads crushed. It's not a mistake, friends, that David lops the head off of Goliath. Now, the last thing I want us to notice is vitally important. We rightly glom on to the hardships and the judgment that God gives as a judgment for the sin of Adam and Eve. And he says to Eve, you're going to have pain in childbirth. It's going to be difficult for you. Now, friends, I've never had childbirth. That said, I have, over the course of my life, passed mm, 20 kidney stones. Having not had both experiences, the only person I can I can look to to see if it's the same kind of experience is someone who's had both. And I have talked to women who've had kidney stones and who've had babies. They say, yeah, it's about the same. And I'm, I'm content with that. It's a tie. How difficult it is to pass a kidney stone is about as bad as giving birth to a child. There is, however, this difference. When you pass a kidney stone, there's no doctor there taking that kidney stone and cleaning it up and wrapping it in a blanket and giving you to hold. And there's no one there with a camera to take a picture. And you don't look at the kidney stone and, and give it a name and tell it how much you love it and, and, and tell it that when you grow old, it's going to take care of you. It's just a stone, a nasty, nasty stone. I don't want to diminish at all the reality of the pain of childbirth. I can't, can't imagine it, except for my own experience with the stones. But what I want you to get, what I suspect is that Eve now being deceitful, now having a deceitful heart as God turns his attention to her, as he pronounces his judgment on her, she probably has the sense to, to bow her head, to, to try and look uh, as contrite as possible, sort of like you know when your when your dog eats the meat that was left up on the counter, and he uh, or he, he uses your uh, kitchen floor as a toilet, and and you scold him, and he puts his tail between his legs, and he droops his head. That's sort of what I how I see Eve, just so filled with uh, shame and, and hoping to to impress God with her shame. But inside, I'm thinking. She's got to be skipping and dancing like Snoopy. Why would she be skipping and dancing when God's pronouncing the curse? The curse, friends, is on her childbirth. Do you understand what that means? It means that she not only has her life moving forward, but that she has her job 
moving forward. She is going to fulfill her calling that was set before God to be fruitful and multiply. It's still her job. And then the same thing happens when God turns his attention to Adam and gives him his curse. By the sweat of your brow will you get your bread from the ground. There will be thorns and there will be thistles. Adam's got to be thinking, that sounds really hard, but you know what? I got a job. I've got a life. I've got a job. I've got a calling. The dominion mandate that God gave prior to the fall is made more difficult in a post-fall world, but it doesn't go away. The command of God abides on the other side of the fall. And what we're going to see through the book of Genesis and ultimately through the whole of Scripture is the fits and starts that happen as sinful men seek by God's grace to fulfill that calling. One other thing I've got to mention. The Scripture doesn't say this with straightforward uh, certainty, though it alludes to it. Uh, in different places, and I want to suggest to you that there's something interesting about something else that God does. In the curse, of course, to the serpent, we have what we call the proto-gospel, the gospel in its least developed form. Nothing about an incarnation, not really much about substitutionary atonement, but the promise that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. That's there. What we have just before the end of the chapter is... The first introduction of the idea of the shedding of blood in substitution for us. You see, when Adam and Eve made their coverings to cover their nakedness, they made it out of fig leaves. But God replaced those clothes and gave them the skins of animals, suggesting implicitly that they cannot survive without the shedding of blood, without being covered in their nakedness because of their sin. Someone has to die. Now, don't misunderstand. Whatever animal that was, whatever skins he gave them, that animal did not atone for their sins. But it, I do believe it represented the promised coming of the seed of the woman, who is also called the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. Genesis 1, 2, and 3 establishes our context. And as we move forward, we're going to see how God moves the story forward, pushing us to the revelation of the seed of the woman, who will, in fact, crush the head of the serpent. I hope you'll continue with us as we explore those chapters through the rest of the book of beginnings, Genesis.